0: I just want to listen to this, really. Sounds great. (laughs) It's only 15 minutes long. Let's just do it. (laughs) Sounds awesome. (laughs) George Gershwin, everybody. George Gershwin. Give him a hand. Having a nice Um. hand for the cats on the stage. Uh I've got a drinking jar. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you're having a cocktail. Well, you know, oh, that's another thing I did today while I was walking around with my coffee. I I walked to the liquor store, and the lady was outside with her mask down around her chin, smoking. And because I was there, she had to go in. She was just put the mask to on. No, stay, stay, smoke. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm not doing anything. And um, but I was like, you know, I've been going Ernest Hemingway is an alcoholic writing about alcoholics, and I sh- should drink. Is it right to drink? <laughs> is it appropriate? I thought yes. Yeah but it would have made like a martini or a mojito or something, but that's just. I don't think they cared.
1: I think they were doing shots and think a lot of things straight up with soda.
0: Sure. Sure. Brandy. Brandy (laughs) and soda. Will you chap?
1: People Mm. drank
0: brandy. I don't know if I've ever had brandy.
1: I think we drank the brandy that was underneath my mom's.
0: Well, microwave sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, well sure you drink the brandy out of the microwave when you're like 15 yeah hello um so yeah we're doing another live breathing weeks right now this might be the very first one that goes on the youtube channel oh my god because uh, we've been trying to do the youtube channel but the recordings keep being dicks <laughs> 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 and they just vanish and or get corrupted or whatever. Oh, but so emergency screening of The Sun Also <laughs> Rises. <laughs> we had to get it. We had to talk about it. Like the truth had to come out because I was up in Cadillac during quarantine and uh, needed, finished a book, Need another book. Somebody had this when I started reading it. I'm like, oh yeah, classic. It is a quintessential novel of the lost generation One of Hemingway's masterpieces and a classic example of the spare but powerful writing style. And I'm like, ooh, can't wait, right? (laughs) They're really selling it. And then I don't know if I agree with this. Yeah. So I'm calling a little bit of bullshit (laughs) on the masterpiece theory. With the caveat of being forgiving, he was a veteran. He was twenty five. It, it, yeah, sure. it was his first novel. It was nineteen twenty six. Yeah, sure. He would already he had already had like what's going on here? What's that?
1: Your part? It's <laughs> no great from here. Saying. Three thousand miles away, it looks fantastic. It does. Uh-huh. It
0: does. It's like you have a lot of body. <laughs> but I've been working on it. That's the main thing I've been doing in quarantine is trying to increase my hair volume. We should definitely talk about
1: what people look like on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Your your two grays, though, look fabulous. Oh, thank you. Dude, they look so good. I do. I look good. You've been so gifted. It's kind of witchy. I like it.
0: (laughs) What do you mean?
1: My hair? Yeah, your hair.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. I really Those like it. Those of you who are listening, I have a basic brown side part. Like she, she was
1: like a tall, a tall like classic Thelma from Scooby Doo with with oh, more wow. of a brunette.
0: Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's funny, Chris? Because you've known me the longest. Is you know when I was growing up in South Carolina, I was tan and blonde. Yeah, I was blonde too, as well. Yeah, Yeah. and now I'm white and brown, and so when people from here see old pictures, they're like, oh, you used to be blonde, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then when people from Spoiling Springs see me, they're like, when did your hair get so dark? (laughs) I'm like... Oh yeah, we don't have sunshine in Michigan. <laughs> no. and when we do, everyone's like, "Oh!" We sprint outside. The sun's and out. We chase it around. Yeah. Have you heard? The sun is here. <laughs> Cancel your plans. Yeah. Like that's what I felt like today. Like I can't do anything today because the sun's out. It's not raining anymore. Everything's yeah. Flooded in Michigan. Two dams just broke in Midland. The park where I go for my walks. It's almost like there's ducks and fish and shit. Where the where the running path usually is. So today it was just like a normal sunny day, and everybody's just kind of like, "Hey, how are you, pal?" Like, <laughs> our yard work, yeah. Super life's great. Mhm. That is exciting. It really is. So I had coffee. Ooh, other exciting news since I talked to you earlier was I got to be on hold with not only the Michigan unemployment insurance agency for a real long time. And then that call just dropped. But also the brother printer customer service line was also about a 20 minute on hold call that then also just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> just like Goodbye. That <laughs> sounds
1: planetary. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. I, think, I think that may have been preordained in your your astrological chart look
0: at you silly girl trying to get things done <laughs> trying to no you're not making calls her. today no. no 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 you're not making calls look at this i'm going to show you another visual thing for the radio behind me if you're watching if you're not watching there's a a page out of a coloring book an adult coloring book that's like an elephant balancing on a ball and i colored that with colored pencils and it was Like the achievement of a lifetime. That is awesome, though. It looks good. Oh, it looks really good, doesn't it? It was like just a big coloring page of an adult coloring book. And it was like a breakup art project. Damn. (laughs) I'm like, this is going to be the most beautiful thing ever. And I was right. Um, Is it metaphorical for the breakup? No. It was just me
1: sitting in the The elephant precariously balanced... The psychedelic elephant precariously balanced on the somewhat cagey
0: looking ball. Right, right. It was, it was, um, I'm too big for this ball. (laughs) 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 story. Okay. Good. That's it. That was the, the I, I know how to learn my breakup lessons, you know. <laughs> That's what I said in therapy. What was my lesson from that breakup? It was I'm too big for this. This ball's ball. too small for me. <laughs> this this ball I mean me. I can balance on it and I'll look fucking good doing it. <laughs> but it's not like I'm trying to live, balance on top of this weak ass ball. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, totally. If Shelly hasn't yeah. drank in a while and it's like half of a red stripe and I'm all like, what? Dude, I, was, I always have this dilemma
1: on this freaking podcast because I, I get down to almost needing a second drink. I'm like, what am I going to do? It's a real crisis.
0: Well, I'm not a scientist, um, but what I see is two options, two clear options. <laughs> One, stop drinking. <laughs> two, <laughs> take a break and make another one but really other than that we have to really I don't know it why stuck. you keep interrupting me we get into this <laughs> yeah. Book. yeah let's Ernest get into Hemingway. This book. Ernest Hemingway grew up in Illinois uh, hmm. maybe had a controversial relationship with his mother used to hang out in Petoskey uh was his ambulance driver in the war wrote this book in 1925 26, and yeah. uh and here's what I think. So when I read it, I'm, I'm like ready to be moved. You know, I'm ready to have truth oh, to me Because of the, all the banter about it? Because this is a poignant look at the disillusionment and angst of the post-World War I generation. The novel what? introduces two of Hemingway's most unforgettable characters. Unforgettable characters? Which Jake one? Jake? Jake and Brett. Jake and oh. Brett. Jake and Brad, Unforgettable. Okay. They sound like everybody I've ever, every forgettable person I've ever met at a bar where I'm
1: like. That's true. But it was 1926 and it was like, and yeah. they were expats, you know, um, women were apparently having a renaissance, sexual renaissance or. Yeah. I don't know if you can call See. it a renaissance if it's the first time it's ever happened.
0: Well, it wasn't the first time it ever happened. It was the first time, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but uh, so, so I read this, I, I went and looked up like criticisms oh, and praise of this book. Yeah. And, and people were like, Brett was the tr- first truly modern woman. You could put that same character in a novel today and she would be just as modern. And I'm like, no, don't you no. mean boring and weak? Like, is that no. what you mean? Like, modern woman, is it fucking with the sound? This is bothering me. Is there something fuzzy on top of my head? (laughs) More visual elements, listeners. (laughs) Keep up. You got to stay with us. I'm wearing a blue T-shirt and my hair is long and brown. The book is orange and yellow. Um, And I'm drinking a red stripe. And you know what? It's a great (laughs) session beer. It's a great (laughs) session beer. I yes. have a ball jar. I you are jar. super hip, super hip. Well, no, here's what I've realized is I have too many jars. That's just the truth. Like, cause what I do is I go, Oh, that jar beats. I'm going to save that jar. That jar, of olives, I'm going to save that jar, that jar that my friend gave me, that bean soup in. I'm going to save that jar because I think I'm going to like my toothbrushes are in a jar. My dishcloths are in a jar. I drink out of jars and, like, but still, even with all the jars in use, there's a ton of extra jars <laughs> around my house. shocking. That shocks me. <laughs> to, right? In, yeah. in my view, there's like magic markers in a jar, there's my beer in a jar. I love like, jars. They're so satisfying. Like the weight. They are. Yeah, they are. Fuck plastic cups. That's so true. I want jars and I want weird coffee mugs. So, there. <laughs> cute. I'm going to get rid of any coffee mug that doesn't look like. Anyway, (laughs) here's what's going on in this book. Uh, Some characters are introduced. They aimlessly travel and drink. And harm one another. <laughs> <for> <laughs> you know, here's what I—I I was really trying What's to like place it.
1: because I was like, I was like, trying to put it in context because I remembered I—I I read this book and I studied this book um, in 20. I want to say 2013, like the last summer I traveled for my um, MFA, and we were in Scotland. I had a fabulous teacher, and I, oh. I know we had to read this book and. Um, we talked about this whole Lost Generation and all the people that Hemingway, they, all the people in the group that were hanging out in Paris.
0: It was a cool um, group.
1: And um, Gertrude Stein, you know, and the whole her whole influence. And, um, you know, I, I do remember talking about, like, keeping in mind that this was, um, like, his acclaim, the sparse writing is this, like, such a big deal because it was, like, one of the first modern... They called it modern because there wasn't all this description and flowery language. Although I have to say, and I know he's gotten these critiques before, there are some horrible sentences. And it does make you wonder. I I want you to quote them. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, But I, you know, um, I think my point is, is even F. Scott Fitzgerald, when he read the first draft, like came back to him and said, dude, yeah, you've got to like cut down on the meta. <laughs> You've got to cut down on the telling. you got to show more. Like it was kind of like...
0: This Do you really basic... think F. Scott Fitzgerald said cut down on the meta? He
1: didn't say <laughs> cut down on the meta, but I'm just using those uh... terms because we're in, yeah, 2020. But be- that's basically what he said. Like you're you're inserting yourself too much, which the I think one of the few, if not the only one of the meta moments that Hemingway keeps is in the first chapter if that's what you want to call it um the first Describe, section of exposition dialogue
0: okay
1: uh the moment is uh he like puts him he inserts himself as the author he like turns the camera for a couple of sentences on himself as the writer and then he flips okay. it back. but um most of those got taken out apparently and he took whole sections of the story out, which means you sort of jump in time. I mean, that was a very big deal to leave things out and create that space for readers to fill in, which I know we've talked about. Where did, um, so, do you mean going, you mean not talking
0: about the war? Is that what you mean? No,
1: like, like in the storyline, like it'll just make a jump. Um, you right, know, like it it's is, tomorrow
0: all of a sudden. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's very, so I, I actually, oh, this was my whole point, I'm rambling, but... And this is not, this is a bad comparison, but I'm just going to throw it out there. But it's kind of, it It makes me think of our generation um, when like the first reality television came out, like when Road yeah. road Rules first came out. What about was
0: real world?
1: Oh real world, same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, we're going to take these clips of people just being um, indulgent in their... Neurosis, yeah, right. And we're going to some people are going to call that fascinating and an incredible experiment and cutting edge and edgy, and it's going to define a generation, which you can argue reality TV has definitely defined that generation and beyond. Yep, um, and continues on today. And I actually found myself reading um, as bad as some of the sentences are, which we can which we can get into. Um, I found myself actually having to credit him a little bit, even though Yay. I went to bash his face in. I had to credit him in a little bit because it may have been. I think he worked really hard on it, um, actually, and I think he did create something. I saw threads of J.D. Salinger in the text. Okay. Okay. I, saw, I yeah. I, I saw the influence for sure. Um, it's like J.D. Salinger picked up on that meta-ness and the I narrative and follow me as I unfold how my life is fucked up, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, J.D. Salinger nailed it and did a, did a, like, actually picked up that thread and brought it to its absolute total fruition if I wanted to take that leap. But, um... Yeah, so I had to credit him with that. And I actually had to credit Hemingway in, like, in our modern day sort of reality television. Um, you know, we're so obsessed with the ordinary being um, bigger. And, like, that's our human, you know, this, this girl sleeping around and getting drunk. And this group of yeah. guys playing out the masculine It's an episode of The Kardashians. Yeah. Or a season. It's like a season. It's like a, it's like an eight, eight episode season.
0: Sure. Sure. The Sun Also Rises is a precursor precursor to like any story that's like that person is sitting in the little room with the camera going like, so then I think we went to a couple more bars, but then like that one guy, I think he was gay, but like he went home with us, I think, but then she got real sick and then now we're having coffee, and then there's like, like one or two people actually having emotions,
1: yeah, and thoughts, yeah. who are I'm miserable, con- darling, who are constantly butting up against like the the like yes. the other layers of personalities that are, yeah, yeah, and you know everybody's gonna splinter off. You're just waiting for it,
0: sure, yeah. Sure. It's just like who's gonna be left awake, drunk enough. To
1: hook up. <laughs> like, but, man, I'm telling you right.
0: some of some of the sentences
1: I just I wrote one down. It was Yeah, uh, give it to
0: me. Give it to me.
1: Uh hold on, hold on. I hate to say oh on the radio. Um
0: he had oh, married God. He
1: had married on the rebound. So there's especially in the in the first sec, I feel like it did pick up and get better, but I do feel like it was so much somewhat intentional, but just intentional. This Senate he had married on the rebound. There's so many has beens and wases and passive tense sentences and all the raving about him being sparse. And I'm just gonna assume that in nineteen twenty-six we hadn't gotten the notes about getting getting rid of passive verbs. <laughs> yeah. Like he should have just said, um, he married on the rebound, you know, but instead it's, right. he had married on the rebound. It just creates this like weird telling tone. And there's a bunch of sentences like that. And they, oh yeah, all these years later, that from 1926, almost a century later, actually, six years shy of a century later, he... It's oh just like, yeah, Weird. it's just like, dude. Uh, I just want to, I just want to bash your face. in every time, it, it, it for me as in this in 2020, reading that, I, it just hurts me so much. But it's also a great exercise. And when you talk about modern being sparse, when you think that this was what sparse was, and this was minimalism, and that's what made it modern to where we are today. Yeah, um, that's kind of a fun. Got to give, got to give the guy some kudos for that. Um, he well, also sure. gave all the royalties to his wife,
0: even though the divorce. He had a bunch of wives, though. Which one? Hadley. Hadley. <laughs> oh, okay, oh wait. okay. Yeah, yeah. Hadley there was Richardson. Some wives in there. There
1: was some wives in there. Well, he had a son um, with Hadley, and I think he was actually crazier about her. But I think he he fucked it up by sleeping around. Wow! But wrote this book toward the end of their gig and swore that when he sold it, he, she would get all the royalties. And actually when he sold the movie rights, she got all the royalties for that
0: too. I mean, dude, that's wow. Yeah. Well, you you know, you know what I think is like, if you, um, did you watch girls, the show girls? I've seen enough episodes, but I have
1: not watched the whole thing.
0: Okay, okay. But you know what it's about, right? I do. And in one of the very first episodes, there's Lena Dunham. She's busting peeing. in on her parents. She's no, peeing? she's busting in on her parents. Okay. And she's okay. going, but she does pee a lot. She, she pees a lot. In on her, she's busting in on her parents, and I think she's tripping or something. And she's that going, sounds like, right. I think I'm the voice of a generation. <laughs> I think I'm the voice of my generation. And she goes, or, like, a voice of some generation, like she's trying to explain to them, like she's a very important writer and she needs some more money. And even though she got fired, you know, she's tripping. Yeah. And it's a brilliant scene. And when you talk about meta, like the reason why girls hit is because it's like, these are these people in this time, in this era when women are like this and computers are like this and startups like this and people get rich for no good reason. And it's weird, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the comedy is this very specific comedy where if you're not in that era or that scene, and you don't know anybody in that era of that scene, you're not gonna get it. You know, you're not right. gonna get why that is so funny. Totally. So when I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, if you were post-war, Roaring Twenties, around 25 years old, yeah, totally. That means that your life up to now has been just kind of fucked. Like you've been Bad. A Teenager. Everybody's dying. Prohibition. Everybody's dying. Spanish flu like everything's crazy in the world people are dying in in piles and and men young men you know are just getting slaughtered and and everybody's hungry and broke and like they're like uh you know what we're gonna start drinking in 1920 and we're gonna stop in like 1927. you know they're just like we're yeah. A little
1: bit, a little bit of, I was reading a bunch of reviews, and of course they were pointing out, um, you know, he's been accused of being very racist in the novel, and and homophobic, yeah. but also he's been praised for maybe exploring homophobia, and just showing the racism, um, not necessarily asserting that he was racist, but showing. I read a bunch
0: about that. Yeah. Um, but he, I... Well, the, the, I was thinking like, I started kind of rereading and skimming it again today because I finished it a little bit ago and kind of wanted to refresh my memory. And at first it's like, here's Robert Cohn. He's a Jew, but it didn't really matter until everybody started telling him he was a Jew. And I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's primary in this story. Like Robert yeah. Cohn being a boxer, who's a yeah. Jew that like doesn't know his own confidence and people are going to bring it up. It's like, this is what's going to happen. We're going to talk about him being a Jew and how, like, it's okay with some people, but not okay with other people. Then well, they make like, his jew the wow. bad thing about
1: him. They conflate the two things, and that's pretty explicit. That's pretty specific.
0: Yeah. 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 And... They do that with other people, too. Like this kind of woman, this kind of homosexual, this kind of black person, this kind of bullfighter or whatever it is. It's like you're in a category and we all expect you to act this way. You know, so there's this scene where he first meets where you first meet Brett. And Brett kind of, at first, just like, here's Robert Cohn. I was trying to think, like, why on earth is that whole beginning part about, like, Robert Cohn being a Jew who's also a boxer and he has his wife and he's on the rebound? It's like, well, yeah. because otherwise they wouldn't have taken the trip. And yeah. this conversation that they have about, do you want to go on the trip or not, drove me fucking crazy. Like, them deciding about, like, Well, come to South America. No, I don't like it there. Well, don't you like Paris? Not really. Well, then come to Spain. You know, like, I was yes, during that. I was just like, get it done, whatever you're talking about. Yeah. One of these characters has to be decisive. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, on the, well, on the Gutenberg PDF, anyway, really seeing like these Gutenberg pdf (laughs) yeah yeah sorry um (laughs) there's these like little paragraphs of exposition like a sixth grader wrote it and then this page is you know of just one sentence dialogue between two characters with no tags which i'm actually really into i like that i think it makes a reader pay more attention you mean
0: tags like he said she said speech tags yeah 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 there's none of that and i kind of like
1: all that it feels very real like you're standing there i mean he for again for 1926 i see what he's trying to do he's like trying to show the mundane he's trying to show like this is what it's really like to stand here and be this sort of slumpy little unself confident um guy like jake i think that's what we're after i think like every scene and every conversation is about exploring every single one of them's masculinity um or lack of it, or their fear of not having it. It's like Jake, Jake was hurt. The main character who's telling the story, um, he uh, had an injury in the war and um, can't have sex. And he's. Splen- right, but let me ask you this.
0: Yeah. Without looking at the commentary, Would you have explicitly known that just from the text? And if so, how? Because like, I never even got that impression at all. Really? Until I read some of the commentary. I was like, they're like, uh, Hemingway clearly explains without using words that weren't able to be used during this era, that Um, he has lost his phallus. This is like the review that I'm reading. And I'm like, yeah. wait, Jake? What? Only the go yeah. through. Only the,
1: the doctor or whoever, like after the war says to him, basically, you know, not, you're not going to have much of a life. That's the strongest, if I remember serves, that's the strongest indication that he's got an injury that affects him very seriously. Um, but how did you get it from just that? You're not going to I wouldn't have I wouldn't you have wouldn't gotten have. it probably not on the first read I don't know if I would have gotten it but I definitely once you understand that um, it makes the whole novel make sense more sense in terms of why he's the one telling the story
0: I think um, it should be more explicit Yeah
1: because he could have
0: it. he could have Well because like that's huge if the main character, yeah, like the narrator has. Well, that's
1: why Brett can't be with him. That's their whole tension.
0: Oh, I thought it was just because sex. she was crazy shit.
1: No, they can't have sex. So she keeps saying to him, like, you know, I wish we could be together, but I can't remember her exact phrasing, but she does say to him at some point, Um I
0: wish you I wish
1: you you had a (laughs) dean (laughs) job. Something. Oh my god. I was just watching Sex in the City and the episode was when Samantha thinks she's a fine it's up like season one and she thinks she's finally fallen in love for the first time and then and she doesn't have sex with the guy and then she does and his penis is so small she later calls it a gherkin. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, that's maybe the and best the episode ever is Probably called
0: the gherkin. gherkin. Yeah, the gherkin. Oh my yeah, God.
1: no, that's the whole reason that Brett and Jake can't be together because they can't have a sexual relationship.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, not only is the sun also rises like the real world, but it's also like sex in the city. Yes, it, it really is. Like, where are we going to go have cocktails? I'll have
1: a martini. Me too. I'm going to fuck laugh? everybody else here because yeah. I <laughs> can.
0: Because I'm came with you, but I'm going to leave with him. Why don't we have that fun day? Yeah. 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 Good lord. Gergen. So you know what's interesting is even though it's not my cup of tea, and even though I don't like any of the characters, just through this discussion, I'm like, okay, I get it a little bit yeah. more. But it's I, I went through that when I
1: studied it. Yep, oh I went through that. Oh my god. It was a so pivotal they, novel for his time, although I did read that there were a lot of reviews that absolutely hated it for the very reasons that we're talking about. Really? A lot of it was more a lot of it was morality, Christian morality in America. A lot of it right. was like how horrible his only even his mother wrote him a letter saying you, but you've run out of other ideas. You can't write about honorable things. Shame on you. You know, right. which I thought nope. was fantastic. I'm sure. like, I, I want to read all the letters that Hemingway's mother ever wrote him. That, like, right. That's that's the sure. thing that I actually
0: want to read. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, and I don't think their relationship was very good. So they would be rife with tension. Rife that would make
1: sense if he's who he is and she's writing letters from across the country to tell him what shit it is.
0: <laughs> hey. Just got to gander at your new life's work. It's going to take like two weeks for this letter to get there, but... But I wanted you to know two weeks later, <laughs> didn't care for it. Wow.
1: <laughs> I'm in Tennessee and my life sucks because you wrote this novel or whatever. I don't even know where she was, but...
0: Oh, my God. Okay, there's like a little moth or something all over me. That's... All right, here's the thing. I'm no longer hearing the ocean and the... squishes oh good. The anymore, so I think i fixed that. But now there's like a moth hovering about. So I might flail. If you're uh, listening, yeah. Shelly is flailing her hands around at a moth that came out of nowhere. Um, so when, they, when we meet Brett, so Jake introduces us to Robert Cohn as a boxer. And he's like, he's got a literary friend and a tennis friend. I'm the tennis friend. And he's also a boxer, he's a Jew. He's a writer, they're both writers and uh, they're expats and he's like trying to get him to travel. Hey, do you wanna hang out? He's like, no, uh, aren't you working? Yeah, no, I'm not, let's go drink. And then they start drinking and then they never stop until the end of the novel. <laughs> they drink and then It's they, inspired, it's, it's inspired. inspired. Yeah, it's inspired.
1: They're, they're taking it to another level
0: right and and just like any good crew of friends on a bender in their 20s they take things in stride they're like oh he's throwing up he got in a fight he'll be fine buddy walk it off <laughs> somebody go check on him like through this novel i'm thinking about how many super drunk people i've like thought were gonna die when i left them in the hotel room and i'm like oh my gosh you know like we gotta go back and check on the guy people are like he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He just had like six or seven shots. He's fine. And you're like, I don't think so. And the next morning they're like on a run having some espresso like fuck. Yes. Oh my gosh. And like, so this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. Here's this, um, Brett. Okay. So in one of the first scenes, here we are, here's Jake, our, um, our protagonist, I would imagine. But everything kind of centers around Brett also. She's the one kind of fucking with everybody. Even yeah. though she's just kind of sitting there being herself, she's messing with three or four different men. Jake, oh yeah, Bullfighter, Robert Cohen, oh, yeah. and Michael, her husband, you know? Yeah. And she knows it and she hates herself. So actually that's really relatable because I know that bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, are <laughs> like, why is it? everything what are you so doing to her <laughs> why is
1: everybody so into her like this is the girl that literally all the guys turn and like and watch her come into the bar or the restaurant right and want to know like, drunk oh, hot she's, mess she's amazing yeah <laughs> right. is she amazing? oh this that and the other next thing you know they're all going to morocco <laughs> right
0: are you are you having sex with her me too <laughs> Well, just I was, but now I'm not. But just in the winter, we're yeah. in love. Yeah, no, no, no. She's in love with him. She has sex with me, but she but wants his money. We are together. Great, her and and Hemingway also like this is
1: a big deal that a lot of reviewers talk about is that she he describes her in a very masculine way. She has short hair, right? You know, she's this like independent, sexualized being, and all of that stuff, and it it's. But I actually do think he does a good job of saying, yes, she has this sexual agency as a woman in a way, but at the same time, every single man wants to own her. And that's what they're fighting about. And she is fighting against that, but she's also trying to fight uh, for her independence by giving herself to these men in hopes that whoever she might end up with is going to allow her to... Um, have financial stability. I'm, I'm going to assume, I don't know if it comes up, but come on, like that bitch needs somebody to pay de- rent.
0: Did anybody describe but her? I think she, she might have independent wealth though too. Did, did, did anybody um, call her a polyamorous gold digger? Because <laughs> that could sum up Brett. But She's
1: not happy. And I, I was liberal. reading, she's miserable, well, miserable and and you know again like that's 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 i'll take it as an antagonist she's she does her job she flips everybody on their head she and does. she she still um she's she's not happy and but it's almost exchange. like it's almost like <laughs> the conflict in some way in this like um like feminist point of view is the men would all be happy if she would just conform with one of them. She never does. Yeah. None of them are happy, and also she is never happy.
0: Yeah, um, and it's they're that, miserable like, people.
1: It's like that conformity that they're just so. And I think that's probably a reflection of being like um, expats and re- rejecting America, but missing America so much.
0: Um, yeah. And being in, 20s being in your twenties post war, being in your
1: twenties post war after World War One, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and oh having gosh. survived it, and people at, like Jake, you know, is injured in the war, um, in a dramatic way, and seems to be in a fair amount of denial about it, or either yeah, he's never really sexual to start with. But. Yeah, let
0: me let me read this. So page thirty four in my book, um, it, this is when you're seeing Jake and Brett. They're they're hanging out together. Looking at each other like he, he, Jake took Georgette to the bar and then Brett walked in with a bunch of gay men, I think is what it alludes to. Um, don't we pay for all the things we do though? She'd been looking into my eyes all the time. Her eyes had different depths. Sometimes they seemed perfectly flat. Now you can see all the way into them. When I think of the hell I've put chaps through, I'm paying for it all now. Don't talk like a fool besides What happened to me is supposed to be funny. I never think about it. Oh no, I'll lay you don't. No, I forget (laughs) get what that means. Well, let's shut up about it. I laughed about it too myself once. She wasn't looking at me. A friend of my brother's came home that way from mine. It seemed like a hell of a joke. Chaps never know anything, do they? No, nobody ever knows anything. I was pretty well through with the subject, you know, at one time or another, I had probably considered it from most of its various angles, including the one that certain injuries or imperfections are a subject of merriment while remaining quite serious for the person possessing them. It's funny, I said. It's very funny. And it's a lot of fun, too, to be in love. Isn't that so now with this in mind that you're supposed to know? Yeah. That he like lost his dick in the water. I mean, I I mean
1: That's the name of our
0: number. That's it. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so disrespectful. I'm sorry.
1: I couldn't figure out a different way to say it. That is it. No, that's it. He lost the stick in the war and uh, Hemingway never comes out and says it. And and actually that he, he loves that. I mean, you could argue that that is uh, something that maybe all of the writers at this time were playing with that that talking around the very serious thing, yeah, and acting out like all of this acting out around this like central, um,
0: right? Oh my God, we're not going to name the thing. We're just everything's yeah. going to be influenced by the yeah. thing. Oh yeah, my God, feel I kind of love this
1: tension. That. Yeah, you feel all this tension.
0: It's like the acting exercise where you learn about stakes, raising the stakes. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Raising the steaks. Like two people sitting at a restaurant, two people sitting at a table having dinner is whatever. Yeah, But whatever. two people sitting at a table having dinner with a time bomb ticking underneath the table. Yeah. One of them's like leg is handcuffed to the table, you know, like something that you can only yeah. see beneath the surface. And right. then everything that they do has a different charge yeah so Hemingway I know you can't hear me but you could have made that more obvious and then I would have gotten it (laughs) it would have been a much different book um but (laughs) I would imagine that way I think
1: I think a lot of readers felt that way at the time
0: yeah yeah well yeah It's, it's interesting. So, okay. Okay. So, um, this is how the things that drove me crazy, drove me crazy. Um, uh, let's see. Here's, here's too much dialogue in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe Okay. So here's, uh, I think it's Robert and Jake talking about Brett there's a certain quality about her a certain fineness she seems absolutely fine and straight she's very nice I don't know how to describe the quality said, I suppose it's breeding you sound as though you liked her pretty well I do I shouldn't wonder if I were in love with her she's a drunk I said she's in love with Mike Campbell and she's going to marry him he's going to be rich as hell someday I don't believe she'll ever marry him why not I don't know, I just don't believe it. Have you known her a long time? Yeah, she was a VAD in the hospital I was in during the war. She must've been just a kid. She's 34 now, when did she marry Ashley? During the war, he was her own true love and just kicked off with the dysentery. He talked sort of bitter. Sorry, I don't mean to, just trying to give you the facts. I don't believe she would marry, marry anybody she didn't love. Well, I said, she's done it twice. I don't believe it. Well, don't ask me a lot of fool questions if you don't like the answers. I didn't ask you that. You asked me what I know about Brett and Ashley. I didn't ask you to insult her. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's that conversation, which reading out loud. Guess if out, they were drunk, me? it kind of works, you know. Yeah, and and I think when the conversations get drunker, and like remember when he first sees Brett. He says something like, Aren't you drinking? And she says, Oh, I never get tight anymore. And then she's like, Brandy and soda, chap. Yeah. Like like she starts drinking right away. Like she says, Oh, I never get I never get that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Brett, this Brett character. And her name is also masculine too. Yeah. 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 And she is Oh, like, who would she be? Is there a... Who would that equivalent be in Sex and the City or the real world? Like, she's that um, girl who like... She's that hot girl who knows that she's fucking with guys, and she just can't stop, and she doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, and she also who she needs is. the attention. She needs right. it. She can't stop herself. She needs it. Right. If that is her security. Yeah, but it makes her endlessly unhappy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's I think yeah. like contrasted with the whole bullfight thing which most people probably know that the like the whole central sort of m- movement of the novel is that they go to Spain to see yeah. the bull, the running with the bulls and the bullfights and then there's a a bullfight guy what's he called? Matador. And uh I think it's bullfight guy. Bullfight guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Spaniards. Yes, and yes. And he he's like he is a pure man. He has, he is in his craft. He is good at it. He defeats bulls. Yeah. He is like masculinity, like on you know, all the best testosterone in the world is reserved for this matador. And yeah. of course, he sleeps with Brett at some point. But all the men, there was one critic that I read a, a summary of his work and it was like his whole thing was like that the whole book was really, you could be, it could be analyzed if you looked at how each character responded to the first bullfight, And I thought that that Ooh. actually made a lot of sense. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. Like even um, Brett and how everything falls out with her. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting because he, he is like this pure masculine being and all the other men are sort of, Post World War One American um, dealing with their um, their loss of masculinity in general in society, I think, and then also with Jake, his his body, he like is represented by that, and then Cone, who is all the dudes, the, the quote unquote Jew that they refer to over and over again, but he he's also a bit of an antagonist in that the men. Um, or a foil, maybe you would call him a foil. I don't know. He, he, um, he is really smart, but he didn't fight. He didn't fight in the war. And so they give him shit about that, that he never thought yeah. war.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's sort of seen as, like, being controlled by women. Like, three different women. Yeah, he's him. a like pussy. First wife. Yeah, he, he's a yeah. pussy. He just lets
1: them drag them around,
0: him around. Yeah, and then the honorable thing that he's trying to do by, like, loving Brett is so weird. I'm yeah. just like, who is this weak
1: ass? I've run into that guy.
0: I have, Of course I know I've that guy. I've run into that guy. That guy's of like, I know oh, that Yeah.
1: Guy. I'm going to, you know, always be there for her and blah, blah, blah. And you're she's like, been why? Crashing at his house for 25 she's years and right. using right. his car and, right.
0: you know. I gave her all my money. I really yeah. love her. And you're like, why though? Yeah. Why? She's insane. <laughs> she's a drunk. Yeah. Good Lord. I guess I do know that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know good idea. Yeah. 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 So, so let's talk about boring conversations. Um, there was maybe,
1: a lot. There was and, a lot. Even the, and even the there's some of the dialogue was like, "Wow!" Like I was like, "Wow!" That blew me away. But a lot no, so of it, I just would goes like to on hear on. a little
0: bit more about that.
1: Okay, let me see. I, I've tried to pull keep it up on this one. Page. Wait, let's
0: do this. Let's do this first. So I, I do want to hear this, but I want to pee and get another. George yes, Baker. hallelujah. And so I'm going to play, hopefully, Josephine Baker. Hold on, which was another like Hemingway really loved Josephine Baker as he should so, have. So we've got two minutes and forty three seconds. Perfect. Wait a minute. Something else might start playing. If not, we'll edit it out in post. Just kidding. We probably won't. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Do what you do, oh, when you know, I'll be happy. I will die when you cry.
1: Why you cry? Why will you when you cry, I'll be happy. If you go not happy, if you go you, east, I'll find you way the heart. I wanna you, know. you, you do you.
0: Thank you, Josephine Baker, who allegedly Hemingway thought was one of the most fascinating people in the world. Oh. Okay, so let me read it. Read, I'm going to read an excerpt. Okay, the conversation. Did you find that the dialogue that you thought was like, wow, man, that blew my mind? I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, I'm going to read you some that um, didn't blow my mind, but cool. It's, it's because I'm like, here's what I was realizing, is that I was wanting them to be a martyr. I was wanting them to be Ugh. different. I was wanting them to mean more by what they were saying, but that's not the book that he wrote. He wrote the book. That's just this guy. Who's a bad drunk yeah. named Mike. Where's uh, like, there's the Mike conversations when Mike is drunk and truly, yeah, truly he knows how to write a, a bad drunk. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you hate you hate you hate them, right? Like I hate yeah. some of these characters. I'm just like, gosh, somebody beat Mike up, right? So, yeah. So here's this thing is happening where Brett, who loves Jake, who's engaged to Mike, who's gonna be rich, but he's actually broken in debt. And, uh, Robert, she just for the hell of it went and spent a weekend with him, even though she didn't really like him kind of just to fuck with him. And now he's hooked on her for life. Mm. And he's like, let's all hang out together. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's all go have a, a, a good old fashioned bullfighting awkward as fuck week or two together. Right. Yeah. And she's late. Of course they don't have any money. Like they're just total pain in the ass travelers. She keeps getting lost and meeting strangers and fucking with people. But there's this super awkward tension where I'm like, I think I've been on this trip where like that guy, Robert and Michael know that Brett is fucking with both of them. And they're like, should we meet? And Jake's like, sure, chap, it'll be fine. (laughs) And they're just like, I don't know if I should go. Sure, it'll be great. And I'm thinking this is bad how <laughs> bad is this gonna be good It's gonna be terrible look Brett let Jake tell Jake what Robert calls you that is perfect you know oh no I can't go on we're all friends aren't we all friends Jake I can't tell him it's too ridiculous I'll tell him you won't Michael don't be an ass he calls her Cersei Mike says he claims she turns men into swine damn good I wish I were one of those literary chaps "'He's good, you know,' Brett says. "'He writes a good letter.' "'I know,' I said. "'He wrote me from San Sebastian.'" "'San Sebastian is where Brett hooked up with Robert.'" Yeah. "'They're talking about in front of Mike, who she's engaged to. "'That was nothing,' Brett said. "'He can write a damn amusing letter. "'She made me write that. "'She was supposed to be ill. "'I damn well was, too. "'Come on,' I said. "'We must go in and eat. "'How, how should I meet Come. "'Just act as though nothing has happened.'" quite all right with me Mike said I'm not embarrassed if he says anything just say you were tight quite and the funny thing is I think I was tight <laughs> basically they're saying we're gonna go see him and it's gonna be weird and he's like just tell him you were drunk it's like well I will because like I was I was drunk. and we are right, right now so yeah, we are we're gonna get drunker here we go let's go watch the bowls and get drunk so I guess what is good about Hemingway is that maybe it wasn't his writing that I hated, maybe it was boring conversations. <laughs> and being reminded that yeah. there are people in the world that like yeah. you're drinking with them and you're like, you know? This is going nowhere. This, you guys aren't good conversations. There's no layers. Wow. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, I just learned a lot about this part of the electorate, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, but, okay. yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you know, he got a lot of criticism for that. I mean, that was kind of what his mother's letter that I read the excerpt of, she was kind of addressing. Like, it was kind of like, we just don't, like, as a nation, you know, because it was during Prohibition. Also, we should point out to our listeners, if you've never read the book, it's in Europe, everyone was drinking. Meanwhile, in 1926 in America, it was Prohibition. Sure. And, and uh, you know, so probably along with that was a lot of white <laughs> Christian idealization and control. Sure. And so it doesn't surprise me that his mother would have been a part of that and would have said, you know, hey, why are you only, you know, focusing on this floozy um, whore <laughs> and sure. all the men who are drinking. Dear Ernest.
0: <laughs> yeah, dear, dear Ernest. This is your mother. Maybe um, don't come home for Christmas. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking all of a sudden, and like we've done a couple of books that were people who smoke weed during weed prohibition talking about weed, right? The difference is, in my humble opinion, like when we read something like Smoke Signals, the people in those books are like being super spiritual, they're being activists, they're like yeah. riding a horse across America to get people out of prison. Yes. <laughs> like they're not just sitting around like not doing anything. They're not hungover, they're not hooking up with everybody. They're like, yeah, we want to change the law because there's this magic plant that heals people. <laughs> we yeah. we want to have a super intense conversation. Let's write poetry and music and get really excited politically about this plant. They're not just like, say, I'm tight. Let's get a cab and go get more brandy. (laughs) Spend our money. on stupid shit.
1: It's kind of an argument for prohibition it's
0: not an argument for prohibition. It's like, like these people should not be drinking. They shouldn't be allowed to drink. They can't do it. They're, they can't do it. Like all of them, like in the conversations, what I'm realizing now, like in real time was maybe it wasn't so much the writing style. It was how good he was at describing drunk people. Yeah. And, and whatever reason they're drunk, they're drunk because they are miserably in love or not in love. They're drunk because they just got out of war. They're drunk because yeah. they're broke. They're drunk because yeah. there's a party going on in the city. They're drunk. Like whatever it is, you're yeah. like, oh, those are drunk people. In a couple hours, that guy's going to get in a fight. Yeah. The there's, no interaction. there's no hero. There's no hero.
1: Uh-uh. The whole, and, and, and that's also one of the other reasons that I'm sure this, is an acclaimed novel in that way It being modern because it really does not have a hero. Nobody comes out on top. No. Um, and you can kind of feel yeah. him, like dancing around, like, is this guy our moral center? Is this guy our moral center? Is this guy our moral center? Who are you pulling for at yeah. any given moment? Yeah, I mean, at pulling. times you're like, you're pulling for con, you're pulling for other times. You you know, you're, you know, pulling for um, Brett in some weird ways, probably from being a woman. Um, But yeah, and I guess because he's narrating, you kind of are like, where is this going with Jake? Like, where where are we headed? But, uh, you know, the final scene, scene, he just says, you know, she says something like, we could have had great times together or something. She says it better than that. But then he says, yeah, what a pretty thought or something like that. And which kind of is an amazing last line um, because it really kind of sums up, um, you know, somehow it sort of sums up what the novel is kind of getting at, (laughs) which is what a last line should do as well as, in my opinion, a first line. But
0: yeah, it's it's pretty epic. Um, Yeah, now that I think about that, like that last line, like if we could have had such a, a damn good time together and they're riding, they're close together, they're in the taxi yeah, or whatever, going up the street. Very romantic. And, and they're, and they're in love. And, and, and the, we could have had such a good time together would have to mean the war wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You would be I'd healthy. still have my dick. We'd both be mentally healthy. Maybe I wouldn't be divorced. We wouldn't be in this yeah. fucked up situation. I could, like get it, or,
1: I could have orgasms with you. Although, I sure, guess. Sure, Yeah, in a modern, you know, if you could write it today, it would be like, you know, maybe maybe she'd explore having sex with them. That would be a good
0: novel. Sure, sure. Yeah. Write it, write it. It's a sequel. <laughs> no. It was was called Jake.
1: I I literally needed you to help me write a tweet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you do it? No, I haven't done it yet. Well, well, you know what? Think about it like bashing. Like, you know, my, my title was like, let's bash Hemingway. And now, now I'm sitting here thinking about like, what I'm really bashing is drunk, Uh, conversations with drunk people that annoy me right like because you said it when we were first texting about it when I was like why is this book so famous I don't understand we were texting about it a couple weeks ago and we started talking about it being very male and very alcoholic and one of the things that I read today about Hemingway was somebody said that it's a myth that Hemingway was always drunk while writing because he wasn't drunk while writing he thought that was crazy And I always thought he was drunk writing. Everybody said he really loved to drink, but that he wasn't a drunk writer. And so it's like, you ask the question, you ask the question, if he was just like writing down dialogue of drunk people, that's one thing, but if he created it, so you would understand what it would be like to be around drunk people. And of course, that's not the entire point of his novel. Like I'm gonna sit down and write about what it's like to be around drunk people. But if he was able to do it so well, just from plotting it out, And that's pretty impressive. It's so impressive. Because now now I'm... Yeah, those times have
1: a vibe. (laughs) Those times have a vibe. And I would actually argue that um, when you find yourself in that group of people where everybody's just partying too hard and the conversations are all basically bullshit and everybody's just in their angst and their agendas... And you can, because everybody's drinking so much, it's fairly obvious because by the time the sun sets, somebody's going to be fucking somebody and that's yeah. to be, yeah. you know, and then we're all going to wake up and go to breakfast and start all over again. And there are times in your life, I guess probably more when in your 20s, when you kind of sign up for that level of, um, really angst inducing, um,
0: Irresponsibility.
1: It's more than irresponsibility. It's it's literally like you are embracing um, this level of indulgence. Yes. The, the amount of indulgence that you're allowing yourself to explore and be a part of. Um, yeah. Even though it's like you're physically in pain and you know everybody else around you is too. There's Absolutely. something about doing that together. Yeah. Um, via alcohol or other drugs,
0: so hard or go home.
1: That does lend this sort of um, there's an existentialism
0: to, uh, to, for sure. Oh yeah, when you're going through it. it. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, like basically, here's what it's like, you it's know like what picking it at a. It's like picking at a scab. This is why it's. An, it's this is why this book is like an uncomfortable memory. Okay. Mm, This mm -hmm. book is like an uncomfortable memory of understanding what it's like to be that person who's like so bored with your existence. Like you're so out of touch with yourself and you know, bored with yourself. I would argue that Jake is bored bored with himself. They're bored with themselves. And so they're just creating little dramas and they're like, Oh, sometimes when we're really wasted, we kind of have fun. So we should keep that going. Right. I'm bored. 2 p.m. and i walk into my friends i'm like i'm gonna go get as much beer as i can buy with however much money we can find in like the couch cushion we are doing this we're doing this we've got seven dollars you
1: know we are but we are psyched because we get to probably buy a shitty case of beer which is we get milwaukee's best light
0: person we get milwaukee's best light and we have terrible conversations but we're we're doing it together we're doing it together and we're and we're drunk and we're and we're doing it together and i remember even then going like i'm so we bored. So, so bored. So bored. I'm so bored. These this is one so of the things
1: you and I bonded over. I would say yes. even in high school, yes. you and I bonded over this. We were this. bored with other people. We, <laughs> we, were, we were. And I, I'm yes. not even really sure how it happened other than we sat next to, next to each other in choir. So I don't know if it was like during choir that we just started making more comments to each other or what happened. But somehow we slowly sort of kind of, we didn't cut ties with our peripheral people, but we kind of, the peripheral people are there. We just sort of can, we did, this is Ricky Gervais.
0: He does this. We should should categorize people. I wonder if you remember this. We had, for, for a couple of years, at least, a couple of years, at least, we had categories for people that were assholes that we had categories of people that were assholes. They were either like too much shit has happened to them or not enough shit has happened to them. Oh my God. I have no memory. Really?
1: We'd be Like
0: that guy's fucked up, but it's either because too much shit has happened to him or That's nothing so has happened to him yet. Yeah. And we would be like, Oh, it's the first one. Like that yeah. person's been yeah. some shit. Can't date We'd him. Have, like, it's the second one. Or it would just be like, why we like or don't like that person. Like that person's being fake and crazy because nothing has happened to them yet. And they don't know how the world is. They don't know who they are. They don't know how to be authentic. Like just nothing's happened to them yet. Right. But then there's that other person that we can't be around because way too much shit is. Right. And they're just reacting and they're crazy and they're bringing their crazy on to you. And you're like, now, no, no. Can you do it? Can you do it, it with you. you? I was excited <laughs> for a second, but no, no. But then the danger said it. <laughs> like yeah. you were interesting the first day when you wore a cape and you jumped off the building and. <laughs> but then we realized that that is unsustainable. <laughs> like we were willing to give you a shot. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but even then, so. Uh, let me tell you in honor of Ernest Hemingway and these characters that um, there was this, fa- I'm going to be meta for a minute. I'm going to put a thing inside of a thing inside of a thing. Facebook, there's this thing that happens on Facebook, which it's, it's uh, May 2020, we're quarantined in the pandemic and people live a virtual reality but interacting with each other through a computer. It's really fucked up. It's so- totally fucking star trek dude it has arrived it's everybody. a weird thing so i um i'm I, I i go through facebook and there's this thing that happens on facebook where everybody's like we're all gonna do this one thing we're all gonna bake bread we're all gonna make memes about our cats we're all gonna have like avatars made of our face or what there's like things people all jump in on. i'll play you know and there's this thing these people were doing for a while that was like here's 10 things that everybody likes but that I don't like right and people would name things like I don't like this I don't like this and so I never did it but I made my list on paper and what I realized was they were things socially that are supposed to be fun that I've never ever liked I was like That's I funny. hate wedding showers I hate baby showers I hate girls night out <laughs> I hate <laughs> like girls night <laughs> Oh dude, Girls up, I... let's have fun. And, and, and so this book, this book, The Sun Also Rises reminds me of that. Let's have forced fun using cocktails where we try really hard to have fun, yes, but no true. one's really having fun. So this book was an uncomfortable reminder for me of like yes. how many times I was invited to a thing that was supposed to be like a super cool party. And I was just like, we're fucking trying too hard. Everybody's putting yeah. a lot of money on cocktails, and I' too loud in here. Yeah, I want to go away and. This I would isn't also fun.
1: argue. I would also argue that one of the remedies that w- I feel like we both did this actually, and I would include hope in this, and I would include oh, please include hope. I I Let's seriously call her. Like, <laughs> I know by the by by what the end did? of. our year I feel like we actually all in our own ways like started to figure out it a little a little bit about what we what we were comfortable with um but yeah I don't even hardly remember but I would argue that the great thing about Brett in the book is that there are
0: no other women dude except Georgia the prostitute Um, but
1: that here's what
0: makes me nervous about that is that I was that girl for we a long time. We all do it, but
1: that was safer, wasn't it? Not? I was the girl
0: that hung out with all the dudes. Me too, and I loved girl. it.
1: And to be honest yeah. with you, I, I shouldn't have felt safer with them, but I always did. Oh no, I it's also, a bad idea. <laughs> I felt way safer, even though, I mean, I could just, we all could, I could just lift, list list off, quote after quote, memory after memory of like hanging out with the dudes and them saying and doing things. I remember yelling at Joey one time we were on top of. Joey's some my brother. United. United.
0: Joey's yeah. my brother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Having a campfire. It was probably a really awesome evening considering the group. Where was the campfire? You know, Mount, was it, is it called Mount Mitchell? We used to drive to the top of it. And just kind of later in life, we would drive to the top of it, and and Robin always loved that drive.
0: Oh my god! Yeah,
1: yeah. And and anyway, it was awesome. awesome. Mm. I mean, compared to the Colorado mountains or whatever, but um, still, you would small hill. You would draw, yeah, (laughs) exactly, a a knob, and you would drive to the top of it, and it was like, and, and. at some point we all had a Joey was there a bunch of us were together which was kind of epic and your brother kept throwing beer cans into the fire and I was just like Joey if you fucking throw another beer can into this fire and I have to watch it melt I don't know what's happening in the air or the environment right now but I cannot fucking physically take it like fucking stop it (laughs) and he was just like whoa 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 you know um I don't know why I brought that up, but I just I just have these memories of being with that particular group of men, Kenneth, Robin, Ben. Oh my god. I remember Benji when I was in like he was
0: dating hey, like pilgrim. Before and- before we before this is over, like I am gonna say go, look at this. I just did braids and I'm digging it. Hey, visual visual reference for the listeners. My hair is so long lately that I just she, did two braids, two Pocahontas braids. Did. She and did. And they're sort of crushing it.
1: <laughs> if so Thelma were a brunette, <laughs> who was also seven feet tall at, and had braids, that's what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> I, Benji Adair telling me, we were we were all too young to be drinking. I'm sure Benji was probably already drinking. <laughs>
0: But were we at a pool? Were we in no, no, dad? no, dude.
1: We went to Hunting Island with Blair and Maureen because my my mom dated Blair and Maureen's dad. What we had a blast! That was probably honestly, that was probably sincere fun for me, even though I hated, I hated, I kind of hated their dad, but um. We all kind of, of course, I made out with Blair and all that shit. But I remember, sure, sure. Hey,
0: everybody from Springs South Carolina, we
1: love you. Blair Pilgrim, peace, peace, thinking we fondly, love you. Thinking, these are but the old, best moment, memories. But yeah. The best moment is Blair True. or Benji Adair True. saying Maureen constructs okay. the question. She constructs sure. the question. This is our, this is our Hemingway moment. Okay. We're more around the fire in this campground, right off the beach. I don't know where the parents were. We're all in like eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th grade-ish. Maureen constructs the question. We're doing like a truth or dare, some kind of weird conversation. Right. Maureen asks Benji, well, do you think Chris is more looks or personality? And there's no pause at all. There's no time. (laughs) He literally launches in and says, personality. (laughs) That moment literally set me up for pretty much the rest of my life <laughs> oh my seriously it was so honest it and I've always felt that way and I've had oh, men, men tell me that I'm beautiful but the whole time I can hear Benji in my head being like come on Chris you know what's up <laughs>
0: you know okay, it's personality. okay I've got one I've got one uh, two, actually. No, those aren't really drunk things, though. Those are just me. This wasn't drunk. This
1: wasn't drunk. This is what I'm saying, though. Is just honest, young man. Just, uh, yeah, just honest, sure. cutting through it. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I oh, like yeah, yeah. that. I couldn't get that. You were the only per- female, besides really Maureen, you know, um, in some ways. She was very blunt and very
0: honest, um, I don't remember what people are like. I do. I remember. I, remember, I do, well, I do. In that, I I think about the fact. I don't know if I want to say this on the air, but like <laughs> that, like I've had so many wonderful memories because you know people have private wonderful, lives, like wonderful memories. No, no, I'm saying like that. Like things are cast in a glow. When you take mundane, young party life, when you're, like, innocent and weird mm. and uncomfortable, and you cast it in that light of, like, being 17 years old at Myrtle mm. Beach mm. at sunset. Yeah, I don't have me? any of that.
1: I don't have any. I have, like, No, you were I, there. I know, but there. it was never,
0: like, romantically glowing. No, no, it's not romantic. Okay. It's just the, the weird caption, right? Like, this book... The sun also yeah. rises. Yeah, is this just? It? He's not saying these people are good or bad. Yeah, it's true. He's just saying this, like, this is, is how they are. We went and had coffee. Then we started drinking sherry. Then we started drinking. This is champagne. what people said. This is. This I'm guy just got reporting. A fight. This is He's what people just said. reporting Yeah. This guy got in a fight. This guy threw up. The doorman didn't like us. We almost yeah. didn't get served. We got kicked out. Yeah. I got a no. cab. That's always he's Totally. totally. He's just being honest. So in my mind, my mind, my type of art, I guess, loves to capture that idea that, like, there was this era where me and you and Rick Volk and oh, Julie Powell Rick and, and, and Julie Lisa Powell. Malone, you know, Lisa, and I were, know. We were standing on Myrtle Beach, dancing around, and it don't was remember. like, we were sunburnt, and it was terrible. Of we were listening to the violent films, Aww. and we all needed to go back, but we didn't know what we were going to eat, and like, everybody yeah. was like, you're burnt, you're burnt, I don't feel good, where's my yeah. boyfriend? Like, everybody's just being so basic. So but in basic. my mind, like we're so basic, we're just like extra, Let's basic. and then eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> I have no memories. Yeah, yeah, you were there. You were there. I have. I was there. <laughs> <But> I was <laughs> definitely there. Yeah. So Ernest. So Ernest Hemingway. I started off this episode of, like wanting to bash, and I have been a little bit bashing, but it's more about subject matter, is what I'm realizing. Yeah, I'm bashing the subject matter because like although in my mind I'm okay holding on to that it's an era it's a capturing of an era not saying it's good or bad a not moment. saying it's good or bad is capturing a moment of yep. like here's okay so fuck now I get it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's why it's
1: called it's a, one of the greatest all-time novels because right. for that its moment it. in time right it was you know it was uh, pivotal it was pivotal and I totally get it I totally get it and he, there's a lot of sentences where I'm just like oh my god I know if he were alive today he would shoot himself for for some of the Just because we've come so far in terms of if you want to really be – I mean, minimal is like – it's everything. It's all anyone ever fucking talks about. It's like cut your shit, make your sentences better. The scene should be – everything should be tight. Not a word should be wasted. I I
0: don't know. Oh, my God. I mean, I I do know. I do know. But I also like when an author can – describe the kind of the room for 24 hours. You know, Truman I
1: love Truman Capote. It. Truman Capote.
0: Bathe uh, me in the language. Yes, you know? bathe me in
1: the language. I totally
0: tell agree. Me exactly. Tell me what everybody's thinking. Exactly. I agree. I, totally I
1: agree. agree. I agree. I totally
0: agree. Yeah. I just finished my second jar of beer. I finished mine too, and I want another one. It's delicious, but that's all. I never have alcohol in the house. I have. I have right now a little a little bit of PIMS a couple of weeks ago it was really sunny outside and I made PIMS cups for me and my neighbor do you know what PIMS is I should know what PIMS is I feel like I did know what maybe Pimm's- like if you so so I used to do tours remember, in like uh the Chelsea Flower Show in London and like the Blackpool Dance Festival in London I, was, I worked for a tour company for a few years and I one don't of the remember that, that. Yeah, I led international tours for a few years. <laughs> what? And I did. I worked for Huron Valley Travel. We did tours to Oktoberfest in Germany and the Chelsea Flower Show in London. The Black Never Canadian knew that. Festival. What?
1: Had no idea. That must have been when my children were
0: small. <laughs> no. No fucking. Maybe. Clue. Maybe they were in like they were. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it was maybe ten years ago. You're right. Okay. Yeah. You were in the thick of it. You were in the thick of it, but so yeah, uh, I led international tours for a while. And um, <laughs> so, Thelma, you're, you're sitting outside at like before the flower show or whatever, and you're on a lawn in of London course. or something. Yeah. And you're having Very a Pimm's manicured. Pins is a liqueur. Right. And you okay. A sparkly beverage like. um uh, ginger ale or tonic or something, and a little bit of lemonade and cucumbers. Sounds and perfect. Just, oh my god, it is fucking delightful on sunny day. <laughs> I mean, fight me. It is like you hand somebody a Pim's cup on a day. I mean, it sounds wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm going to go back with the Pim's cup to the mundane glow around. An era, a capturing in time. Mm. Meta, again, level, under level, under level. I like
1: how you explain that every time. That's very meta.
0: Good, good. (laughs) I wanna keep explaining it. And then when this post, I'm gonna explain it in print and then I'm gonna explain it on Facebook and on Instagram. Perfect. Within meta. You just need an image. Find an image and be like, I don't understand it. That's it. I'm trying so hard just to do the basic things. I think you need an onion. To make it all work. An onion, sure, well, you, you work on that. You work on that. Um, I have an upstairs neighbor, one guy, two downstairs neighbors, they're cool as shit. Downstairs neighbors in a band together, known each other since they were in high school. Skinny rocker dudes. they're in a metal band. That's really good. Also, they uh, are tattoo artists. Huh. One's a tattoo artist, one's a screen printer. But since the pandemic, yeah. they basically chill the fuck out in the backyard. <laughs> they just <start> like <laughs> to sit in the backyard and drink PBR and chat. I mean, that's it. Or they sit on the front porch and smoke and that's it. And they're nice. They're super nice. And we talk about food. Like, I'll catch them in the backyard and they'll be like, hey, have you ever ordered from this place? Have you ever ordered from that place? It's great. So one day, this was just kind of one of those being in the present moment this is a new normal for me. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking about goals or like what's next or what's happened or what I should be doing or what's the best thing for me or anything. I'm just walking back from the park and my neighbors are hanging out in the yard. And I'm like, what's up? Like, We're just sitting in the backyard drinking. I'm like, that sounds fun. It's like one of those freakishly warm days in Michigan. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to make you guys a Pimm's cup. And they're like, sweet and so they don't even know what i'm talking about i go upstairs i concoct this whole thing i shake it i put the, chop up the cucumbers i put them in there bring them out there and they just like this shit is sight you know? <laughs> just like this is some tasty refreshing shit right here and they're so tiny like when i when i'm at like we share laundry so when I like get their shit out of the laundry, it's like child's clothing, <laughs> it's like tiny, tiny guy jeans, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're, it looks like people can't wear these, right? But like, yeah. they do, they're tiny guys. But also they're super funny. And so we had this evening where all we talked about was, um, there's there's a Joe and Casey downstairs and Cameron upstairs, Joe and Casey, Casey is the, the tattoo artist. And he went on and on about like how predictable people are when they walk in the door. Get a tattoo. He's like, this guy, aggressive Bible verse. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this girl, positive Sanskrit. You know? Oh god. <laughs> like, he's like, oh god. I can see it as soon as they come in the door. They're like, oh god. Uh, their favorite football team on their calf. You know, like, and oh. then like tiny girl has the highest pain tolerance and the biggest juicy guy has the lowest pain tolerance. And it's just a funny story after funny story. And I'm making them Pim's cups and <laughs> serving them. And they're telling me stories oh about God. tattoos. That is amazing. And it was such a great story. And so in defense of Ernest Hemingway, the capturing of those like yes. random, random afternoons where you're just like, we did all this random shit. Yeah. And I feel like telling that story. We went to the bullfight. Yep. And we liked the guy, and the first guy wasn't that good, but he did it. And the second guy was better, but then the third guy was a master. He was a dancer. And you've had that day before if you're our age. Yeah. Where you see this and you're like, this is something I should remember. Yeah. We're in the middle of a fucked up time, we're in the middle of a fucked up situation, but right now I'm in the sunshine with people. They're interesting to me, and we're watching someone fight a bull, and we're going to be able to have a cocktail with that person in a couple hours, and we should remember it. Yeah, No, it seems mundane. And now I'm defending Hemingway.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm like fucking full
0: circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Did uh, yeah. I lose my credibility? No, no, <laughs> no. Definitely not because I think I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. It kind of reminds me when we read that short story way back. Leopard? Nope. Nope. It was the one it was written. I think it was called. Women in a hammock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And and it seems so juvenile on the first run through the language. No. It's sparse. And you get to the end of it and you go, huh. And it's only after rereading it and really thinking about it that you get the thing that she actually expressed without ever saying what it was. Oh yeah. And it's masterful. It's masterful. Yeah. It's almost like anytime you read something and you go, "Well, that was shit," you probably should reread it because.
0: <laughs> or. God, you know what? Is funny. Is I hope. I my my greatest hope as a writer right now is that some of the shit that seems like shit to me right now will at some point somebody <laughs> go wow wow that was really <laughs> weird at some point somebody's gonna read quarantine twenty twenty my bra is missing and go like there's a lot going on here <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> A natural talent. Oh my god! I hate that
1: natural talent bullshit. I hate that. I also hate it when writers say when writers say the characters came to them fully formed. I'm like, that is not a thing. Fuck you. (laughs) Nothing happens fully formed.
0: No. Well, it does though. Like I have, I have friends. Like I have songwriting friends that they construct a song where they're like. Here's a melody, my friend has a poem. We're gonna to try to put it together, we're gonna to workshop it, we're gonna change keys, we're gonna and they're very technical. And other people are like, I was sitting cross-legged and a funnel came down and yeah. landed into my no, lap I and my it. guitar and it was there, you know. Yeah, totally.
1: I feel totally. like that
0: happens with people. It does
1: happen, but still. Ryder. <laughs> These characters presented themselves fully formed. I'm just like no,
0: no. Really, really. She had a great backpack. Huh? Uh, no. <laughs> right away, her name was Melody. Yeah. She had a great backpack. Uh-uh. Ex-boyfriend named Ryan. No. Sure. No. Great. Maybe you're just
1: copying people you know, fake writer. I mean, even Hemingway used his name and some the, the other real person's name in the draft of the novel. He didn't even. Oh, really? Yeah. What? It was him and um, Hadley for his wife, I think maybe in the beginning. Oh. I can't remember. So sorry, literati. But um, yeah, he used him and he used another Um, somebody from real real life in fact it was such a thing that he based these characters on real people that one of the reasons they think the novel went did so well in europe was because all the people all the americans wanted trying to figure out who was who which again is very voyeuristic um yeah kind of ingenious everybody wanted to know like who was he talking about who who was in the book what what episodes what's he gonna relay all that kind of thing yeah
0: oh god it has so much to do with the era
1: yeah and he was trying to capture a really specific time while it was happening which you know that in and of itself is really fucking hard to do it's hard especially at his age because that would be like me trying to write about being on dead tour while i was on dead tour I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to describe the characters that I was in contact with every day. You don't have the context. So for him to just be like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, even though, especially when you first start reading it, it just feels so forced. It feels so, the language and Jake's tone and, you know, the whole thing. But it, But then when I put it in context of like, you know, may, if we want to look at it as this was a very, very original attempt to create that I narrative voice that J.D. Salinger later completely blew out of the water. If you, if I put it in that context of like, how this, have we
0: not done that book yet?
1: No, 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 no. So for Hemingway to have sort of played around with it and tried it. And this is what came out of it? Yeah, that's amazing in 19... No,
0: I mean, how have we not done Catcher in the Rye yet?
1: Oh, I know. We should. We're stupid. Yeah, we should. I am obsessed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got a lot... I did a lot of hustling the last couple of days. I know. Surprise, surprise. I'm like 85% Amazon Prime random boring British documentary watching. Okay. Walk around town drinking coffee, but every once in a while I hustle my ass off <laughs> and and get all the things done. And so I have like the next twelve episodes. I told you a little bit about it earlier, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I want to read with certain people about certain things. So I sent you earlier today. Yeah, like the yellow swan or the the swans one. It was like the it was it's a it's a fairy tale that I just want to go off on. And you're going to want to go off on, and we're going to do it Monday. Oh, so you're going to do it Monday. Okay. You and I, you and me okay. and Jillian. You and me okay. and Jillian. And we're going to talk about how insane this, this fairy tale is. It's called something like Seven Swans. So we're going to do that. And then I've got a, okay. a chef, the chef who did all the um, wonderful infused food at this event I went to earlier where she like micro-infuses all the food and she's wonderful. And there's a book called why we can't sleep. I think it's called why we can't sleep. It might be why can't we sleep. But anyway, that's the book she wants to read about being a woman of a certain age and like the 9 million reasons why you're worried about something, you know, and it's kind of like an interesting study of women, of a certain age and like I'm open to doing that because on other like on opposite weeks I'm trying to do just yeah a basic silly shit (laughs) you know like I can do heavy book light fare heavy book light fare like I'm all for keeping your mind expanding but like you gotta balance it out (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that, that read is going to have to be sandwiched between, you know, like the reading of a Simpsons episode and (laughs) like something else. But I want to do it with her because like, I'm very interested. I am, I'm just very interested in A, why she wanted to talk about that and B, she is a really cool lady, you know, it's like, yeah. So booked all that. And, um, that was my hustle. Good job. That was my hustle. So look at what's happened. What has happened is that I thought I would surely just bash the sun also rises. But as we've talked, I've realized like, this is the thing about reading and being a person who seeks wisdom is that you're going to understand someone on a better level if you open your mind to it. I didn't want to think Hemingway might be a genius. I wanted him to be a drunk guy talking about drunk people. I wanted to bash him, right? But now I'm realizing he's he. That's his his intention wasn't to capture like the best people. Yeah, it wasn't to motivate you. It was just he was just saying what was. Yes, that's it. That's it, and that. It's an art form.
1: It is an art form.
0: And he it's was he was
1: um somewhat of a pioneer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and he was a dude and he had the he had the uh, ability to play around with it. Um and he had Gertrude Stein and I think uh, uh, F Scott Fitzgerald too. I mean, he he just he he had his moment and he really brought it forth even though Like I said, it's the tone of the narrator and um, the sentence structure and, of course, the racism and um, all of that kind of stuff um, is very dated um, and out of touch with modern readers. But it's still worth a read because in the context of 1926, it, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Plus, it's worth a read to get a snapshot and to understand that you yourself are in a snapshot. Yeah. You're in a snapshot. This is what and it like, sounds like. Yeah. This is what it's like. You're living out your mundane problems and and the, and you're taking them so seriously right now. You're yeah. into them. Yeah. They might really be big. They might really be small. But right now, they're all-consuming for you personally in this era of your life. And then... Three years from now, you look back at your journal and you go, "Like, wow, that was the most important thing to me back then. Yeah, that seems yeah. ridiculous. That That's, seems ridiculous yeah. now. Yeah. You know, totally, totally. Yeah, and and anyone can relate to that. So the forgive my forgiving nature <laughs> of Ernest Hemingway is going maybe you were seeing this and you were as disgusted as I was, but because you couldn't get out of it because yeah. you were inside of it, yeah. you just wanted to document it. Yeah. That's what you wanted. Yeah. that's kind of how I write right now. What I write right now is I don't want to write. I try to write something grander than what is. Yeah. But what fascinates me most is just what is. It's just what's me and my happening. neighbor. It's just what's happening. Just yep. the fact that like, Me and my friend, like I ordered a badminton set. We took it to Prague Island Park. We put it up. And while we were there, a man, like a white guy, middle-aged white guy in a mask danced around to like the Doobie Brothers for a couple of hours. And we cheered him on. And this weird kid in a recumbent bike with his face covered, like with his T-shirt. So he looked really weird. He was circling the whole time that guy was dancing. And I was just like this is as interesting as it can get, you know, yeah. like here we are badminton during the quarantine, yeah. high grass because of the rain guy dancing on the platform, kid bicycling. Like I could make up something grand and fantastical, but this in itself yeah. is, is super interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. And I can honor that. I can yeah. honor that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the whole thing, dude. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what you try thing. to do with comedy, right? You try to yeah. boil down these truths that every single person is experiencing. Yeah, we,
0: we you try it. to yeah. take
1: that and, and, and create your own, here's my instance, and everybody's going to get it because you've, you've hit on the universal, but you've done it in the thing that is ordinary and that's what makes it funny.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that shit. Hey, uh, listeners, I'm going to make another visual reference, but like, is the light hitting my hair right now where it looks purple? It kind of does look purple. Are you seeing this purple situation? Yeah, I do. So does that make you want me, like I've never dyed if my hair. If you had per- dark purple hair like that, it would look rad, pretty rad.
1: I don't like think I'd do I had- your whole just- head just some streaks yeah just a patch maybe a patch of dark purple
0: yeah like a lake like a lake here yeah yeah it was just laying here just some patches of purple
1: damn
0: i might do that i also might um another visual reference look at my nails look nice right now how are your nails done did you do that no no no. they just grow why are they so shiny Oh, I put, like, clear, like, polish oh. on them. Oh, wow. That's, that's it. Wow.
1: They look amazing, dude. Uh, oh, really? Amazing. Normally, are you kidding? Here's, here's Mine what
0: are dirty happens. and jagged. I usually, and... I usually, um, pre-pandemic, have everything, like, painted bright blue. And the reason is, is because I have a chronic nail-biting, <laughs> I have a chronic nail-biting habit. Cuticles, yeah. everything. I discovered a couple of years ago that if my nails were like nicely manicured, I was less likely to mutilate them. There you go. It kept me healthier because like I touched things and touched my face. But if my nails are done, I would like not touch my face. So I got in the habit like at least once a month of getting my nails done. And the first like week of like probably the first month of pandemic, I was sewing masks. I probably sewed 200 masks. So my hands were just mangled. There was like band aids. Do you know what I mean? They were dry yeah. from washing them. They were terrible. Yeah. My nails were super short. I was gnawing them from worry. My yeah. booty was dry. It was terrible. And so this just happened like in the last couple weeks. Okay. Well, they yeah. look fabulous. Oh, thanks. I'm a professional, not giving a fuck nail person. Mine do not look that way, as you can see. I can't tell. They look uh, fine. There's a little bit past the end. And yeah, they're, they're rounded.
1: Jagged. I literally just like chopped them off a couple of days ago because I was like, Yeah,
0: I can't have jagged. I don't look long and fancy, but they can't catch on anything. That's insane. Can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So any final words on the sun also rises? Um, I think final words are, um... I mean, it may take a while. Let yourself go.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I I would honestly, I would just say that it was really fun that to kind of spontaneously pick it back up today and dive back into it. And it was fun to remember the different times in the last decade or so that, um, this book has come up and, um... Just, you know, yeah, rereading it and being reminded of like, oh, yeah, it's like I want to bash him over the head for using so many wasses and had-beens and have-beens and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, when you consider it that it was almost 100 years ago, um, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible piece of work. So that was really fun.
0: Yeah. 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 And... The thing I would like to recognize, I guess, is that there is something profound about capturing something in its plain human form, really completely, that's artistic. Like just why do people, why do famous painters just like paint an apple sitting on the counter? Right. It's because they recognize that everything about that is a miracle. Everything about like the fact that this apple exists, that we can eat it, that it ripens, like they recognize that they must paint it, you know, or they must paint like a sleeping child or they must paint like whatever. Capturing like humans being human and just shining the light on it is is a relevant artistic endeavor.
1: Yeah, it is and um it's going strong it's definitely still going strong and it's it's just going strong yeah and people are still excited by that
0: yeah and I do do you know what I mean like simple food made wonderfully with great ingredients yeah someone yeah who is beautiful without being fancy yeah Yeah. yeah like like I I think about, I was telling my friends, well, I was telling you earlier about the little crew that I hang out with when I trim and how interesting they all are. Yeah. And my desire to like capture us is like, we're, it's like, this is so interesting to me because of just how strange and, and, and pinbally and unplanned it is. You know, like he's from here doing this thing and how did we cross paths and yes. he's from here doing that thing and how did we cross paths and it's not, there's yeah. nothing boring about it, yeah. you know, but it's pretty just mundane. It's just like my mind being curious about it. So yes. I'm all about yeah. that capturing that, that thing. And I think we should go out with Rhapsody and Blue, but a little bit further in because it's so beautiful and uh I'm so glad we did this so this I think will be our first um YouTube wow I think if I can get it to work (laughs) so fingers crossed and then we've got all these wonderful things coming up and um I I can't wait to have Chef Gigi and Ryan Basor and uh Da, da, da. who else i feel like oh my god amy carter the woman who um yeah. is writing about her son oh that's like, be amazing if you want to be on the show with me and jillian with the weird seven yeah. swans i, I gotta you know, do that yeah i gotta monday. do that Monday. that's monday we're gonna do monday, monday. <gasps> right monday no 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 no. it's like a page it's a page three okay it's easy okay. it's easy Okay. So anyway, this is Reason Weeds, Impromptu Show. Maybe one of my favorite shows ever. Ooh, no shit. Don't you think it was good? It was yeah. Spontaneous. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good. We discussed the shit out of everything. You got uh, a we did pretty good. Dragons. We were pretty
1: focused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we mostly stayed on topic. I forget about the waves and things
0: in my ears. <laughs> she's hearing. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And all this, and now we're gonna listen to Gershwin, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And we love all the reads and weeds listeners and we love people that smoke weed and read books and find their own (laughs) curiosity, I guess. And uh and we'll and we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Bye Chris. Bye. right? Well, I'm sure they made a movie about it.